0: Welcome to another new episode of my new podcast. I'm Blush Cameron, and today we're talking to my friend Peter, who plays in a band called Pear. It's his band. He writes all the songs and everything. It's really cool music, and uh, I'm sure if if you're listening to this, you're probably already familiar. Um, And if you're not, then go check it out first, and then come back um yeah it's pretty cool and peter is cool too and i'm uh i haven't known him for super long probably hmm, probably like a year uh but i'm always happy to see him and i'm it's always really fun to talk to him and uh, i respect his work a lot so yeah it's a good conversation that we had today uh anyways how's everybody holding up did anyone else get their Trump dollars yet? I got mine. Spending the whole thing on bills, which is boring, I know. I'd love to spend it all on toys. Tech Dex or something cool like that. You guys remember Tech Dex? If you can't tell, I don't have much to say today, but thanks for tuning in. Um, Follow me on social media, at Blush Cameron, and hit me up on Patreon if you'd like to support me that way. Patreon.com slash Blush Cameron. The podcast costs um, $10 a month to have uploaded onto streaming platforms, which I know that's not a lot of money. But I definitely welcome any help if you're so inclined. So yeah, that's Patreon.com slash Blush Cameron. Uh, all right let's get to it here's my conversation with peter katz of Pear. oh wait one more thing Uh, we had some audio difficulties in this episode so if it breaks up or sounds a little bit disjointed from time to time um that's why okay thanks bye
1: School of rock in the upper in upper manhattan normally and they've been working really hard to like transition to online remote lessons so i've been doing that for like three weeks now two days a week i like video chat with some youths and uh give them guitar lessons um for yeah like 45 minutes at a time it's only a couple lessons oh well, that's nice uh yeah so it's been pretty cool I mean, it's something to do and it's nice to like, you know, kind of keep that going and have a little bit of money coming in, but it's, it's nothing really close to what my normal hours were. Um, what kind of stuff do you teach them? Um, I mean, it of centers around like songs and learning songs and like kind of just like, uh, extracting, like, lessons from the songs, you know? Mm, mm -hmm. So it'll be like, this song is a great use of, like, the seventh chord, or this song is a cool use of the blues progression, or the pentatonic scale, or blah, blah, blah. Uh Uh-huh. So.
0: Well, that's cool. I mean, that makes sense that you teach music, and uh, I assume you have a pretty good grasp on music theory, too?
1: Um, I, I... there's always room for improvement but I yeah, solid, I guess. Not as, not as good as I used to be um in school when I was like thinking about it all the time, but Oh, did you go that. to school for music? I did, yeah.
0: Oh, that makes sense. So, when did you start learning music?
1: Um I was I started playing guitar when I was in like fourth grade or something. Um, and, but, and so like, I guess from then, but I didn't really get serious about it for until like a couple years later when I like realized I actually, or maybe, yeah, it took me a little bit to really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to learn a Weezer song first.
0: Yeah. That's one of the classics like Weezer, Green Day, mm-hmm. Cream, you know, yep. like uh, Led Zeppelin yep.
1: Led Zeppelin, ACDC. Yep. It's um, yep. Uh Yeah.
0: My, um, I went into one of my first guitar lessons with a Deftone hoodie on. And I was like 12 or something. And my teacher was like, yo, you like Deftones? We're only going to learn Deftones from here on out. And basically I learned how to play guitar and drop me. <laughs> and it took me like years to like start playing in standard again. <laughs>
1: that's so funny (laughs) Were
0: were your parents like musical at all
1: um not particularly like my brother played trombone in like the jazz band at school and the concert band and so like there was that going on um but we kind of both got into it at the same time you know uh but my dad used to play trombone when he was in high school and stuff. But no, not really like a crazy musical family.
0: Mm.
1: Um, Your brother's older. Some, yeah, he's like three years old, three and a half years older than I am. Um, but uh, yeah, not not like there wasn't like I'm probably the only like relatively serious musician in the house. My my brother. It still does play though.
0: So, how did you get into like um, alternative type of music? Was it like, was it just through like being interested, or was there anything that specifically kind of like got you into that type of stuff?
1: Um, well, I uh, I don't know, I was just friends at school around that time. Um, I got really into Green Day and Weezer, and uh, and then I started going on the internet, you know, and yep. like. So, like, going on, like, Green Day message boards, you know, and, like, reading all fun trivia about them and, like, meeting other fans that love Green Day or, like, made Green Day fan art and stuff like that. And I had a Green Day shirt for every day of the week. No way. Yeah. That's
0: a lot of Green Day shirts.
1: Yeah. Um, I loved them.
0: How did you feel about Hot Topic?
1: Um... I mean, how do you think I felt about Hot Topic? I loved Hot (laughs) Topic. (laughs) I loved it. Um, That's awesome. And I had a group of friends, um, you know, around that time. Who were still my friends to this day, but uh, that, like, we all just, like, connected over, like, punk music, you know, pop punk music of that that time, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah,
0: that's been like a common thread among all these interviews that I've done so far is how the internet like um, really turns people on to music in different ways. I mean, that's how it was for me, like going on to MySpace or whatever and somebody having a certain song as their display name. And I'd be like, whoa, this is cool. And going through all the different genres and like, you know, going on to Wikipedia and learning about genres Mm -hmm, and stuff mm -hmm. that way, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, my space was big, I remember. I mean, I also, one of the things was that, like, with those group of friends that I made, like, in, like, seventh grade, like, we formed a band, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was like, you play guitar, I play bass. Like, oh, cool, like, I have a drum set at my house, you know? And, like, um, playing music, like, with people was always, like, a big part of it. And then through that, like, I don't know. I always think about my friend Paul. He would always know the cool new bands in the area uh
0: so what was your first band
1: um so my very first band in middle school is called lost and found um <laughs> which is such a classic nice. middle school band name you know uh, just so classic um and then yeah it's so funny i'm talking about like when i was like ten. uh <laughs> yeah but well,
0: we got to start at the beginning
1: yeah and then later on uh we became like a like a hardcore band or just like a heavier like we started getting really into like Senses fail and like oh yes dude other like heavier like emo and stuff like that and so we changed our band name to Trial by Fire. Uh, and then uh, that band lasted until like freshman year of high school and we became like literally like a scene like chug band is so funny. That's sick
0: are there any pictures <laughs> um, of you out there from that time
1: yeah there are and there are and if you if if you really want to see them you can you can check my facebook i i'm not gonna tell you i'm not gonna show them i'm not <laughs> yeah, gonna
0: but if somebody's not, like you know committed to finding them they can
1: yeah they i suppose they could yeah, um, well,
0: that's the same for me, though. I definitely have those pictures out there.
1: There's no use hiding from the past, you know? It's a big part of who I am today,
0: I feel playing like, in that band. I feel like scene pictures are, like, a business card almost, you know? <laughs> like, you gotta trade your scene photos when you meet somebody for the first time.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's one of those memes where it's, like, if you have a photo like this, like, you can qualify for, like, you know, retirement or something, whatever the, like that thing is
0: yeah totally um, how was your high school
1: experience um it was fine i, I had a relationship with teachers and like i was a i was all around like pretty okay good kid didn't cause a lot of trouble or anything um had a lot of great friends nice. um that's good yeah was in a relation you know found love first love high school classic and wow that's great yeah it was it was pretty classic high school experience i did and then after the metal band i was in this band called fugue and that was like my first like probably real band because we like went on tour because i was um so that was a big defining factor of my high school experience was like playing in that band um
0: i have a couple of these early bands written down fugue Poverty Hollow, Sons. yeah Is that all kind of from the same time frame or
1: Yeah. So fugue was a band I was in. Um and then uh at the same time I was also playing in Sons and then like Poverty Hollow really started like in college. Um Oh wow, so, so fugue
0: and Sons were both high school bands.
1: Basically, yeah, like late high school but in the thing about fugue that was weird was that like i was the youngest one in the band and like um this big age range
0: Mm.
1: like the oldest person was like 25 i was like i was like 14 or 15 then it was like 18 19 21 and 25 you know that was yeah uh,
0: i didn't get a chance to listen what was the music like
1: um we're like like a instrumental like six-piece Whoa. like post-rock band
0: classic dude is it what was this like 2009 or something
1: yeah something like that
0: that is the classic uh, yeah. era of post-rock
1: it was yeah i mean we we're like a mathy epic post-rock band and uh but yeah i still love that music to this day i'm really proud of what we what we made it Whoa, was that's really, cool. It was, yeah Should that was like that was a uh, very formative to like my style playing and also just like my, the reason why I went to music school and all that stuff. So where can um, people listen to that? Fugue.bandcamp.com F U G U E. I, I haven't put it on Spotify yet, but maybe we will soon. Were you guys like playing shows and stuff? Uh, yeah, we played shows a bunch. Um, we got to play like, we got to open for some really sick acts as they like came through Connecticut. Like we played with like Terramelos and Marnie Stern and Mel Banana. Whoa. Uh, uh, and those are you know, big names. Yeah, it was sick. We like, um, what else? I don't know. We, we just got to play a bunch of sick shows. We, and it was cool. You know, I, I'd say we, we had a ton of fun.
0: Man, I would kill to see Melt Banana.
1: They were amazing. I was I well they were I didn't really listen to Melt Banana, but still mm-hmm. just like I knew seeing them. Especially in the space like they played the show they played this play in Connecticut that no longer around in its original form, but it's like a small room and like a base.
0: Uh huh. So where in Connecticut was this exactly?
1: That it was uh in a town called Hamden, which is just outside of New Haven. Huh. Interesting. Um So yeah. Uh yeah, Fugue was really formative and was, like a much more like they were like much more like straight up emo band um with like some uh were some of my like best friends um and still are. Uh and so after a few broke up because um, some of them didn't got like really sick jobs. Uh, yes, yeah, Sons was still going on and we were in college uh, and I was in college with one of the members, uh, his name's Will, and we're still really good friends. Um, and we just kind of changed the band name to Poverty Hollow um, for a couple of reasons. But it was poverty hollow was very much the, the same band members wise as sons, um, and so that band went on a couple of tours, um, we and like put out some recordings, and those are all still only on Bandcamp. Um, but it was really fun, and I remember it very fondly. It was, and I was I was much more of like a lead guitarist in that band. So did that like,
0: did that like influence you at all when you were starting Pair or did it influence your expectations or how did Pair start?
1: Um, it was like, I was definitely more inspired to like write songs around that time. Um, and so I started and I was also like, you know studying music and uh i don't know i just like had been writing my own sort of songs for a while um but never really thought to like really go for it until around like 2013 2014 when i was like i um yeah that poverty hollow like just broken up basically we went on this really terrible tour um that just like stretched us all to our limit um, and then yeah later that summer I just like had a bunch of songs that I'd written and I was like sad over some relationship stuff um and yeah I don't know it just I, I definitely like learned a lot about songwriting and performing from those bands and so I like had definitely measured expectations or like had... A, a solid idea of, like, what the performance aspect, w- what I really wanted it to be like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Um,
0: and what was that? Um, what did you
1: want it to be like? Uh, I wanted to have a focus on dynamics. You know, I remember playing in Fugue with six people, and dynamics were, like, such a huge part of what I learned from that experience because in order to really balance live, especially when we were playing in, like, basements and stuff that like could barely handle or fit six people um keyboard and three guitarists and a drum set and a guy that like had like a whole like live effects rig and and and, i mean uh so we all learned how to like over exaggerate and play like really really quietly all together and like contrast that with like various levels of loudness and so i just really wanted to keep that, you know, I really wanted that to be part of the, you know, live experience of Pear and also, yeah. And and also just like some of the complexity from Fugue having like odd time signatures and things like that sort of melding in with some of the hook based writing that I sort of learned from Sons and Poverty Hollow
0: uh-huh. And more straightforward yeah, stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you can definitely hear that in the music. Um Yeah. Were those bands still active when you did the first self-titled pair release or
1: um uh like the one on Bandcamp or Yeah,
0: yeah, the one on
1: Bandcamp from 2011. Oh, um yeah, poverty Hollow is still active for sure
0: what was the role of these early pair releases? Like, um, what was the, like the first self titled old bones?
1: Oh yeah. Um, do you still think about those releases at all? I mean, yeah. Every once in a while there, there's a couple of gems on those songs that I like, but, um, they're mostly just sort of, uh, cause I was in college and like, um, Everybody I knew was, like, putting out songs and stuff. And I was like, I have a bunch of songs. I want to put them out. Um, And so, yeah, I did that. But, like, I never really planned on, I never really, like, played any shows or, like, did any performances around those, you know, those releases. Mostly because I was, like, still in Poverty Hollow and, like, didn't really have that impetus to, like, make my own band, you know?
0: Uh Uh-huh. So it really was just kinda like um like doing it without any sort of expectations of like making it something.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like everybody has a hope, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, well that's true.
1: Um that like somebody's like, This is so good, like you should play a show, you know. I didn't really get that any of that like direct encouragement. So yeah, I never really thought to take it any steps further until Poverty Hollow like fizzled and I was like cool maybe I can give this a shot on my own or I more so just like had the had the idea I was like okay like I I would like to play shows with my own music now
0: Uh uh-huh yeah I feel that I kind of went through the same thing uh with one of my earlier bands after you know after you're working in an environment that's kind of diplomatic and playing like maybe you're contributing songs but you're also playing other people's songs uh
1: supplementing yeah
0: yeah yeah writing songs together and at some point it's like this is fun but it's like in a way it's a lot more work creatively because of just like how long everything takes to get done um, compared to how when you're writing all of your own songs and planning all of your own moves, mm-hmm. did that kind of like influence you at all when you started there? Yeah.
1: yeah, I definitely had the feeling I was like, I really want to like, because I also like played drums and bass and stuff and I would like have my ideas for like how I wanted the drum part to go and how I want, like how I wanted the bass part to go and so I definitely like had that feeling of, like I want to just do this all myself Um, Yeah,
0: I feel like a person like you just can't be contained to a band in that diplomatic kind of way just because, like, you have too many ideas, you know?
1: I honestly miss it a whole lot. I think, like, that's just a totally different type of sort of writing and creating, you know, is, like, being in a... Like, that was a big part of my experience in Fugue and Poverty Hollow. It's just, like, we would, you know right together and it would be diplomatic like it's it's great to like have full control of everything but there's an element of that that you know i really miss is just like is that like teamwork sense of of music you know like
0: that is really nice to have
1: i watched this documentary i watched like half of it like uh because it started getting weird but i'm sure it's fine um (laughs) but uh called bastards of young have you ever seen it no what's that it's a documentary about like the emo scene of like early 2000s 2006 (laughs) and it's about like drive-through records and like (laughs) and it has like under oath and Take Mac sunday and armor for sleep in it and everything and it's like a it's like a time capsule that sounds awesome. It's so good, Jeff. You should totally watch it. You'd love it. Alright, let me <laughs> um, write it down. Um, it's on YouTube. So cool.
0: Yeah, I love that stuff. I actually
1: found it because I searched emo documentary. But the reason why I bring it up um is because and like given all those kids were like seventeen or eighteen when they're in those bands, but like you watch it and you're just like, dang, these are all just bands, you know, like Yup full like everybody's in it all the way together instead of so just like here's my song and i hired a couple people to write it or to like play my parts for me you know
0: right yeah those are real bands back then
1: yeah um, i don't
0: think they get enough credit to be honest
1: <sighs> yeah they were real ass bands i mean
0: those were real ass bands so what's up with um I sink into the skull
1: um, what that, was
0: the process like behind that one? Like what was going on? There? So
1: that was like the first, like I want to, I'm going to re- make, I'm going to record it all myself sort of album. Um, and I like, that was between my junior and senior year of college. And at the end of my junior year of college, I like, um, got to write it because I went to school for, music and I got to write a piece. I got commissioned to write a piece for this violinist. And it was really sick. And I got an award. Like I was, wow. I, I was like awarded, you know, I got paid to do it basically. And then uh, I applied to this program in Italy. Um, it was like, it was like a two week long, like music workshop sort of thing in Italy that summer. And I was I was like writing I was like writing my own songs around this time I had a bunch and then I went to this I like went to Europe for a month and then I was just like while I was there I was just like writing and planning until I got back so when I got back uh, I was in an apartment off campus and we had a drum set set up in the attic and I just like spent two weeks just recording all the music I was just thinking about for the last month or so and writing for the last like year or for the year previous and so just sort of like i held it all back and then in like a week and a half or two i just recorded it all um and it doesn't sound very good but yeah (laughs) i don't know
0: yeah maybe not but like the ideas are there and you can definitely tell it's like an evolution from the first two
1: yeah, I it definitely just, like, wanted to make, like, a full band sounding record, and I just really didn't want to worry about how it all, like, I want I didn't want to be too particular about how it all sounded, I just wanted it to all, like, kind of just get done. So, I also, I had, like, a, I had, like, a, a hesitance to recording since, I mean, I think differently about it now, but at that time in my life, I was just sort of. I had like my experiences in studios had been like kind of grueling. And yeah, yeah. So I just really wanted to just like do it and not worry about it. I had my good friend Andy over to like mix it really lightly. I was like, hey, I'll pay you a little bit. Um, If you want to just like come here and just like listen to my record and just like can you do like the very basic stuff so it doesn't sound like absolute total shit. And they did a really great job, i mean, for, for considering for pennies or whatever you gave them yeah, yeah, I've never had a good experience in a studio um i just i have, but I just went like it needs to be it needs to be- i don't know it's it's tough, like I'd imagine just like being comfortable and like playing with your friends in a studio is really nice but like booking out time and being really like you know nervous about it all it can kind of get stuffy and then like it, things can take a really long time
0: yeah you know. i also feel like um i don't know i don't i also feel like i don't want to take up everybody's time so i'll kind of settle for takes that i don't necessarily like
1: yeah it's like a slightly like ego battle it's weird
0: yeah i guess that's why it's important to have like a good producer who knows what you want or like knows what's best
1: for you yeah that is true it's a great argument for a producer
0: so did you start touring around this time
1: um yeah i started playing shows and like some solo shows and then my roommate and my friend joined the band i like asked them to help me play the songs and we yeah we started touring a little bit did like little weekends in the northeast and um, a couple days here and there. Um, When did you get hooked up with Tiny Engines? uh, So we at the end at the very end of college um, uh, Jeremy who now plays drums approached us because he was like recording guy at school and he was like, Hey, I'll make like you guys are sick, I'll make you like, do you want to record a record before the year's over? Um and I was like, You like Page of the Lion? And I'm pretty sure you study with Steve Albini at some point, so yes, like let's fucking do it. And uh <laughs> so like right towards the end of school we made a record. We made that and then uh Um Which record? Yeah, uh the pair self titled with the okay. pair on it. Um, yeah, the
0: 2016.
1: Yeah. So then, from then, like, I, like, had this record and didn't really know what to do that, Or I would just sort of, like, I want to put it out and I don't really care how long it takes. I'm down to just, like, chill and wait. Um, so I started shopping around and, uh, yeah, some of my friends at the time, like, adult mom, who also went to purchase they were connected to tiny engines um and so they put in a good word for me and i also like at that time met caleb from sinai vessel we played a show together um and uh yeah so i like had two links to them and i was like if you all wanted to put in a good word i would love to send my record to them and I did and they did and that's that's sort of how that happened um
0: how was the experience in the beginning working with them
1: um it was pretty chill I mean like I didn't really expect very much and like from a label of their size and so I was just sort of like happy that we were going to get a record pressed and we would get some press for it and all that stuff
0: for um,
1: sure so yeah yeah
0: tiny engines back then was pretty sick as like a a roster of bands
1: yeah and it only got better as it like went on until it until it didn't
0: anymore (laughs) yeah Do, do you have any thoughts on the controversy and did it affect
1: you at all um i mean i'm just really disappointed like everybody else um
0: yeah the controversy being for anyone unaware just that tiny engines what wasn't being transparent about the money situation with some bands
1: is that what it was i mean they're really terrible at accounting basically um and they are behind they owe a lot of people a lot of money basically um yeah and yeah
0: that's like the diy vagrant
1: Kind of, yeah, I mean, I don't really know that whole story, so, the vagrant story, but I mean, yeah, I'm just I'm just disappointed like everybody else and um, it's been really slow trying to make our next moves and what we're going to do about our ol- older music and like, it just kind of sucks that like Healthy Earth is sort of tied to that now. Um
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess that is pretty inconvenient timing. Mm-hmm. Um uh, sorry, you still signed to them or were you on like a two album deal or
1: we had a two album deal, so we're no longer um we're no longer a tiny engines artist technically. So Do you think they're dead?
0: Um or do you think they can make a comeback?
1: Uh hard to say. I would like if they do, I'd hope they would answer my emails first.
0: <laughs> you hear that, Tiny uh, Engines? Answer Peter's emails.
1: <laughs> but, listen, everybody's fucking human. I don't think they're evil. Sure. So, it, it's... I mean, I,
0: running a label has got to be hard as shit, right?
1: I'm not not—I'm not here to, you know, incite animosity or anything. It's just... I'm just disappointed. That's, that's really my... My main, my main emotion towards it all.
0: Yeah, I feel you. So. I, I would feel that too, and I do feel that. You know, the pair self title um, sounded really good. Here.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I was really really happy with how that record sounds. Um, uh, Jeremy did a really really good job on like, you know, really limited resources. We did that. We did a lot of the recordings like, you know, in. <laughs> apartments and other stuff like that so
0: it's got more moments of like um, rock as opposed to the older ones which are more kind of like straight up slow core mathy kind of like slow core stuff Mm -hmm. was that due to like better
1: studio resources or just like your writing style changed uh the writing style changed pretty considerably just because after I sing in the skull, I was like playing with a band. So I started writing songs with like a band in mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah, that that's, that's very, that was like a, a conscious thing that happened.
0: So. Cool. Um, well, what was going on between the self titled and healthy earth?
1: Um, a lot of stuff. So it was like many, many years. Uh, So like the lineup that recorded the self-titled sort of dissolved. um, I graduated, moved to the city, and then moved home, and like went on went on a couple tours, um, or went on like one tour, then moved back to the city. I don't know, just like a bunch of bunch of movement around, and like so there's no like solid lineup. Um, but in the middle of one tour, me and my then new bassist, Tom, um, we were touring as a duo and like, right towards the end of it, we we're in the area that Jeremy was living. Hi. And, uh, we like asked him cause he was a drummer and so and he recorded the whole record and he would like mix it all and we're just like he probably knows the songs so we like hit him up and we're just like yo jeremy do you want to play like the last four dates of towards all like in your you know like within an hour of where you live um and he was like yeah sure so we met up and like did that and then from then on um that was like the lineup uh yeah, and then I had written all these songs over those years. That was like twenty sixteen, seventeen, and then I'm just so, so bad with time. I yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be able to remember my life if it wasn't if it wasn't for posting online.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe I could find one of those, but we. Didn't start recording a Healthy Earth until early 2018, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And you were writing like way before that or?
1: Yeah, some of the songs I'd written in like 2016. Uh-huh. Like Circle and In My Belly. Um, uh, I Know What You're Thinking. Yeah. Um,
0: Do you have a favorite song on A Healthy Earth?
1: <sighs> um, I think Commercial might be my favorite song on Healthy Earth. It's one of my favorites to play.
0: That's a good one.
1: Um, Yeah, I think that's my favorite one for I, now. I
0: feel like your lyrics have a lot of, like, um, they're very, like, unique and, like, distinctly you. But, like, you write about physics a lot. Is that like is that like a true statement?
1: Yeah, I mean yeah, I I like that stuff. I like the natural world. I like the I like the non-coincidence of it, you know. Uh-huh. I think it I think there's a, a really solid poetry in that. Um
0: Oh, one question I had was yeah. um You know, you do write more complex songs, but then every now and then have like kind of a more straight pop tune, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you ever feel like you could see yourself moving in a direction away from the kind of mathier, jazzier stuff? Or do you ever see yourself going back to straight up kind of like math
1: music? Um, It's hard to say. I kind of have that battle all the time. Um like I just remember this one quote by Omar Rodriguez Lopez um where he said when the Mars Volta was starting he says I just really wanted to write songs that I wouldn't get tired of playing for like ever uh huh you know and uh I just think that just really resonates like I just... So, I I don't know. That was just, like, a goal of... A really big goal of mine was, like... Write songs that I wouldn't get tired of in a year or two years or five years or whatever. Um, and so, I think part of that kind of factors into writing more complex music. Mm, that but then sense. Or just because it's, like, you know, kind of stretches you and pushes you a little bit. Or that's what I try and do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then sometimes... You end up, like, I don't know, putting yourself in a box or, or like, kind of limiting yourself too much. And that's when the pop songs come out, where you're just like, I just need to kind of say this and write a song, as opposed to, like, overthink it, you know?
0: Yeah, I feel like that kind of simplicity is also, like the complexity of that sort of simplicity comes from the like discipline it takes you know to like mm-hmm. keep it simple yeah which is like you know a challenge in its own right um do you like sit down to like practice guitar these days to like all the time do you, like actually practice your skills and all that
1: yeah every day whoa <laughs>
0: that's pretty cool
1: <laughs> every day I I mean, it's think... not like it's not like regimented it's not like uh-huh. like today i will do my arpeggios from two to four p- like two to four p.m it's like but like you know i play guitar for a job with the kids sure and yeah. and so like a lot of the times i'll just be like sitting in a chair with my guitar and then there's always a guitar like within arm's reach of me uh-huh. and so if i'm not like writing or anything i'll just try and do a scale as fast as i can or in a weird pattern or something Whoa! Um, yeah, have I you think been writing? Really
0: have you been writing any new stuff? Yeah, a little quarantine?
1: bit a little bit here and there. I'm more so like kind of started recognizing like how I write songs, as opposed to, um, but like I have been writing some more stuff. Mostly, so, yeah. mostly just like I have a couple ideas that I think will will eventually turn into songs.
0: What, how, in what way did you recognize how you write songs
1: I mean part of it includes like sitting down and f- like you know really I, Isaac once said to me I think it's great um, Isaac from Strange Ranger um, said uh, you can only write a song if you put yourself in a position to write a song you know it's not just going to come to you um, and so Part of it is like doing that, but also part of it for me has been writing little by little over a long period of time, you know? Yeah. Um, and just like letting stuff sort of germinate in the background. And like there are a couple of riffs that I like have written more recently that whenever I pick up a guitar, I like play them, you know, and add a little bit more or like change a little bit. You so know, do you for start writing
0: songs with a riff?
1: A lot of the time, it'll be some sort of riff or chord progression, um, unless I have like a really solid melody idea in my mind. Uh huh. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I used to start with like riffs, and then these days it's more so just kind of like a chord progression thing. Mm-hmm. Just taking like a simple or nice sounding chord progression and kind of like I guess riffing the vocal over top
1: yeah i haven't written a lot of vocals recently i haven't been in that mindset um but
0: do you do you listen to a lot of music in your day-to-day
1: yeah i'd say so um put on like a record or not really i have a record player but i don't like put on an album while like cooking or some playlist or radio station um watch some live streams you know
0: Yeah, I think I agree with Isaac, like, like putting yourself in the position to write songs. But I feel like another way to say it for me is like setting an intention, you know, Mm -hmm. like, what am I feeling? Like, if I feel like writing a song, what kind of emotion do I want it to be? What is the sound like? What songs am I inspired by? Yeah. So what's inspiring you lately for new songs? Do you have anything in particular?
1: Um, Classical guitar, fingerstyle, and jazz, like, fingerstyle playing. And, like, that's, like, what I've been mostly playing recently. Um, And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to be... Yeah, I've been trying to focus even more on, like, voice leading and moving chords around and stuff. I see. That Um, sounds cool. Yeah.
0: What was the art for health years? Like what, what made you want to do that with like the train stuff?
1: Um, Well that, so years and years ago, like 2017 or something, um, I went to my bassist Tom Lombardi's parents house for the first time in Pleasantville, New York and then we went downstairs in the basement and there was this huge train set there. And I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And I took a photo and that photo is still in the background of my phone, my lock screen. Um, uh, and I was like this, like when we make another record, this should be the art. Like we should just take a bunch of photos of this train set and use it for everything for like the label and the inset and like all the stuff. Um,
0: dude i love that
1: yeah and then so we didn't even know what it was going to be called or anything like that i just knew that the next record was going to have that as artwork um and yeah
0: that's funny because i did you know it does kind of connect to the album title
1: yeah in like a
0: pristine alternate you know an alternate yeah. earth where everything is really nice looking you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's funny, because in that train set, there's, like, a little tiny protest, and, like, there's, like, I don't know, it's, it's there's, like, a, a funeral happening and stuff, but we can get great pictures of it.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's real everywhere. Um,
0: we, oh, yeah, you had to cancel a tour, didn't you, for...
1: Yeah, we did. Uh, we did.
0: Is that gonna be rescheduled?
1: Um I mean the tour was centered around these two festivals south by southwest and treefort. Um mm-hmm. so who's to say we I really want to go back to the West Coast but I, I just have I'm just really just not even thinking about touring right now. It's just yeah. very far from my mind.
0: Yeah I feel that it it doesn't seem it seems like you kinda like take this whole music thing at your own pace, which is cool
1: me yeah yeah i yeah thank you i i that's i definitely try like you don't seem like
0: you're in a rush to play the game you know
1: i mean yeah obviously i have aspirations but i also think that um i talked a little before before about mottos that i live my life by and there's there's three more and i think they all relate to this question um Keep an open mind, manage your expectations, and take your time. Um, and I think those are the the three facets that I live my life around. And I think that that really applies to how you music, you know.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful, man. I gotta get into that.
1: <laughs> my my friend, my friend Victor told me that once, and it's very wise. I I, I tell it to everybody I know. So um thanks for doing this with me oh no problem i mean thanks for you know being curious and 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 making this program it's it's fun
0: hey screw the quarantine let's go out for a beer
1: let's go out for a beer (laughs) sounds great at the bar that's definitely open